morning, everybody. It's really great to see you. I'm really excited about this uh, series that we're in this morning uh, called Proverbs, God's Twitter Feed. Long before there was Twitter, God was tweeting. And uh, in uh, these small phrases, wise words, God was sending eternal wisdom to us from the book of Proverbs. And we are going to go there again today, and I'm really excited about the message that I'm bringing today. And uh, I can't see through my dirty glasses, man, my wife, if you can help me here. But, um, you know, good crowd today. Y'all look wonderful. Uh, it's great to see everybody. I was thinking about this preacher one time who was, who was preaching the Word, and, and uh, there was one guy he really wanted to get the sermon to, you know. And so he just kind of directed his sermon right at him. You know, everything that this guy was dealing with, he just kind of focused on it in the sermon because he knew he needed it. And so at the me- after the message, the guy came up and said, Man, that was a great sermon. I hope they got it, you know. And uh, so, so then uh, one day it was... Um, there was a snowstorm, and no one showed up for church except that one guy. So he thought, I'm going to let him have it today. And he just, I mean, he just, everything but mentioned his name. I mean, just preached it right down. He just walked down his road, and he got done with his sermon, and the pastor was so proud of himself. guy met him at the back door, and he said, oh, pastor, that was amazing. I wish they had been here to hear it. But anyway, you're here to hear it, and uh, so turn to your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. <laughs> all right, all right. And now point to yourself and say, he's talking to me, right? That's right, because I don't know about you, but I want God to talk to me. Don't you want God to talk to you? Amen. That's, that's, that's what I want this morning. And so, God, you have permission to talk to me. And let's just go to the Lord right now and give him permission to talk to us. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to go into your word this morning. And we just give you permission to talk to us. And so I pray, Lord, as the pastor who delivers it this morning, that you would open my heart, Lord God, and that I would receive, Lord, your word this morning. And for all of us, God... It's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by your Holy Spirit, says the Lord. So we need your anointing this morning, and we just ask God that you would do a work in this place in Jesus' name. And all God's people said amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to be, um, we're always doing one tweet for the day, and I'm going to have a couple ladies help me with a little bit longer reading today, because in in the book of Proverbs, uh, Proverbs likes, it's very poetic, and so there are two ladies in the book of Proverbs. One of them represents wisdom, and one of them represents folly. So I'm going to have wisdom and folly read for us this morning. But before I do that, uh, before I do that, I'm going to read you just sort of the tweet for the day to set it up from Proverbs chapter eight. It says, "Listen as wisdom calls out. Hear as understanding raises her voice on the on the hilltop along the road." And she, and then she being wisdom, and this is the tweet for the day, wisdom takes her stand at the crossroads. Can everyone say the crossroads? crossroads. This morning we're going to have a conversation at the crossroads. Because in the book of Proverbs there are clearly two paths that keep coming up in the book of Proverbs, and, and these roads cross. And at the crossroads, wisdom, that's where wisdom takes her stands, at the crossroads of life, and so I'm going to have uh, Sarah, who is wisdom this morning, come up. Where's a microphone that you were just using there?
There you go, Sarah. Sarah is going to be reading from Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. All right, great. Walk in the way of insight. That's the road that wisdom stands at. And now I'm going to have Folly come on up here. This is Margie. Hey, thank you, Margie. Folly. Folly is an unruly woman. Yes. She is simple and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Very good. Thank you, Margie. So we're going to talk about the crossroads where wisdom and, and folly meet this morning. A couple of years ago, almost two years ago now, uh, on my anniversary, my wife and I had a delightful day. We went to Hot Springs, North Carolina, um, a place Coy Williams had told us about. He, he told us about hot springs and where there's actually hot springs that you can get in these hot tubs that are filled by hot springs, that are natural hot springs, and overlook the river. And we did all that and went to lunch. And, but then Coy had told us about this great hike that we could take. And, and uh, he explained to me exactly how to get there, uh, climb up this mountain to this ridge, and we were going to see this beautiful overlook, a Lover's Leap, I think, or something like that. Well, I forget what it was called, but it was a, just a magnificent view. And so Melanie and I... Um, it, and it was, the whole walk was supposed to take an hour max, you know, to get there and get back. So we hiked up and we saw the, the, the beautiful view and enjoyed it immensely. And then as we were heading down, um, I noticed that there were two ways to go down. And I went the way that seemed right. And, and it seemed right because it looked like it was heading back down. And so... My wife and I took that way, and we, and we were on it for some time, and it did head down, but then it started heading back up. And we walked on it for a while, and then it headed down, and then up, and then down, and then up. And, and, and even that road came to another crossroad, and I saw markings on the trees, and I, I know nothing about hiking. I, I was told later they're called trailblazes. When people talk about blazing a trail, there are literally, literally marks on the tree that are called trail blazes. And there was a blaze that um, went, you know, another direction across roads. But, but feeling fairly sure about what I had originally decided, I did not take that crossroad and I kept on going. Our anniversary is in August. August is hot. We had we had uh, one bottle of water with us that we ran out of very quickly. And we walked for hours. It was supposed to be an hour the whole trip. And we walked and we walked. And never did the bottom of that mountain ever show up. And finally we were out of water completely. I was sweating profusely. We were not coming across anyone else on the path. 
that we could ask directions of. And I had a cell phone with me, and there was one bar of battery left, but it said, it said no service. And we were out of water. And the day was growing late, and it was getting darker. We had made a mistake at a crossroads. So this morning we read about wisdom who calls out and both folly who call out. Different paths that we can take in life. And I want to make a few comments about the paths, but what I want to do mostly this morning is read to you a story that I wrote about these two paths. But the first comment that I want to make to you about these paths is first about the way of wisdom, and that is this, that the way of wisdom is the road less traveled. If you're taking notes in your, in your um, uh, worship guide this morning, there are places to fill in blanks, and it's wisdom is the road that is less traveled. I learned it in the King James, Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, is the way I learned it, but the end thereof are the ways of death. In the translation that we're using, it says it this way, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. <clears throat> Melanie and I took the path that day that seemed right to us. What we didn't know about that path is that literally on the path that we were on, many have lost their lives on that path that we chose. The world is full of paths that seem right. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? There are some ways, thank you, that seem right, but they're not right. The path of cultural norms, just sort of the, the way the world seems to be going, seems right. But we have a compass, ladies and gentlemen, called the Word of God that will orient us toward the way that is right and not always what seems right is right. Can I get an amen this morning? Robert Frost penned these words, Two roads diverged in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. The road less traveled. The way of wisdom is the way that most people aren't on today. The culture's not heading that direction. The way that seems right is not right. The way that seems like it's the way that we should go is not the way that we should go. Jesus said it this way, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. And then he says the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, and narrows the way that leads to life. I hear the argument all the time, yes, but, but everybody's doing it. It can't be wrong. Debbie Boone used to sing a year, years ago, it can't be wrong 
if it feels so right and you light up my life. It, it can't be wrong if it feels right. It seems right. Author Francis Chan said, Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding in things at life that don't really matter. Our greatest fear in life should not be failure, but that we succeed at the wrong things. You may go down a path and it looks like a path of success, and it's a path that eventually does not lead to life. So we're going to have a conversation this morning at the intersection of wisdom and folly. Wisdom is crying out, take the path that leads to life. People who don't seek out wisdom don't understand what makes a quality life. They don't know the value of what it means to be able to go to bed at night with a good conscience. To have good relationships with your family and your friends and your God. To know what it's like to live in peace. People who don't seek out wisdom don't realize how short that life really is. That life is a vapor and what we do in life really matters. And we don't have a lot of time to do it. And they also don't understand the certainty of eternity. That all of our paths lead to something. The, the path that Sarah read about said, and, and she read about it, said that it, it led to life. And, and the path that Margie read about said that her, her, her house leads to death. Another comment that I want to make before I read you my story this morning is that, that the way, the path of wisdom is progressive. And what I mean by that is, when you get on the path of wisdom, you don't get it all at once. It, it's not like, and some people think that, you know, that when you come to the Lord, that everything's going to be just all, you know, right, all, all immediately, and that everything's going to work out and all of that. But, but Proverbs says this about the path of wisdom. It says that this, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines even brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like totally darkness is like total darkness. They have no idea what they are stumbling at. I can tell you that on the path that Melanie and I went on, I became totally lost and totally disoriented. And the farther we went, the darker it was going to become. And nightfall was coming when we would be hopelessly lost to the elements and the bears and whatever else was in the Smoky Mountains on that path. The way of wisdom can be difficult at first. When we first take the way of wisdom, when we first give our hearts to the Lord, there's that, there's that um, clash of cultures where we have to get off the path that we were on and to get on another path. And, and sometimes it means saying goodbye to certain friends and saying goodbye to certain habits and saying goodbye to some other things. And the way of wisdom doesn't always feel that great. In the beginning, but Proverbs very wisely says that the path of the just, I learned it in the King James, is as the shining light that shines more and more until the perfect day. That the more that you get into God's way, and the more that you follow Him, that, that the further you go down the path, the better that it gets. 
The world which looked so great in the beginning, so wonderful in the beginning, so much promise in the beginning, ends up leaving us with nothing and leads us to death. And it's regressive, but the path of wisdom is progressive and gets better and better. I can tell you folks, 30 years into my marriage, I love her more today than I did on day one. Why? Because, because when you're in the kingdom of God and when you're, and when you're giving your lives to the Lord imperfectly as we may, it gets better and better and better. God's way is progressive. Can I get a witness this morning? Uh, another, another just little tip I'll share you before I read you my story this morning is that re, to resist the peer pressure of fools. There are people on the way of folly that will call you to join them on the way. I learned it in the King James. It said, when sinners entice thee, consent thou not. But in the translation that we're reading this morning, it says, my child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. It really is true that misery loves company. It really is true that people that are on the wrong path would love for you to join with them. It really is true, as Robert was talking to us in the praise team before church, that not only is God in this house this morning, but we have an enemy in this house this morning who wants to rob and kill and destroy. And there's an enemy who wants to destroy us, and he wants to take down our kids, and he wants to take down our families. Amen. And, and, and there, is, there is this peer pressure along this route. There's people that are calling us to get on it. Get on it. Get on it. And what does that mean? That means, ladies and gentlemen, that if you're going to follow the way of the Lord, there are times that you're going to have to learn to stand alone. There are times that you're going to have to, to say no to things that you want to say yes to. There, there are times when you're going to have to say, others may, but I may not. It's the way of wisdom. Resist the peer pressure of fools. And when I say fools, I'm not talking about, I'm not, I'm not just calling them idiots. idiots. The Bible describes as a fool. Foolishness as immorality. It describes folly, not as people who are just stupid, but folly is described as people who are immoral. Proverbs is talking about the, the foolishness of immorality. And, 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 what folly, and, and what folly entails is it's a lack of insight and it's a lack of foresight. Because what Proverbs does is it asks us to look at the consequences of our lives. And so this morning as we're having a conversation at the crossroads, I want you to look down the path of wisdom and I want you to look down the path of folly and I want you to look down the road a little ways before you start taking that road and to have some foresight about where that road is heading. That's what Proverbs is all about. That's what wisdom is all about. It's about looking ahead. Not just looking at things as they are right now. But, but if I continue to go on the way that I'm going right now, where is it going to lead me to? If I keep doing what I'm doing right now, where is that? what kind of life is that going to lead me to? Hmm. So we're standing at the crossroads this morning having a conversation 
And, and, and if I could this morning, I'd, I'd want to be a little bit creative in telling you a story this morning about two women. It, it, Proverbs calls them wisdom and folly, but we don't use the word folly very much anymore. So I'm changing her name. And I'm going I'm to call wisdom, wisdom. That's her name. But I want to call folly something we can all relate to today. I'm going to call her wild thing. So, so could, you, could you listen to my story this morning about wisdom and wild thing? A well-dressed man walked insecurely into the city just as the sun was setting. He was wearing a navy blue business suit. His floor-shime wing-tipped shoes were freshly polished and a hint of expensive cologne could be detected on his person. He clearly was not from around here as his eyes focused on the street signs as if he was trying to locate some place that he had been told about. Lady Wisdom can always spot a man who doesn't know where he's going. May I help you? She cried from across the street. The man lowered his gaze from the street signs above to the woman whose hand was cupping her mouth as to increase the volume of her call. She had dark black hair with a hint of gray on her temples. Her her hair was well groomed and tied into a ponytail. She wore a white blouse that was crisp and starched. Her houndstooth skirt modestly fell to just below her knees, her Brown glasses accentuated the smart features of her overall look. She quickly crossed the road to give assistance to this out-of-towner who was clearly in need of direction. He seemed a little embarrassed by her question, as if he may not want anyone to know what he was looking for. He, he stuttered his response, um, um, I'm looking for a street uh, called Desire. As soon as he asked the question, he realized that the street sign above his head showed that he was standing on the corner of prudence and desire. As you can see, she pointed, you're already here. They both looked down Desire Street, which descended gradually. At first there was nothing much to see on Desire, but in the distance there were flashing neon lights calling like a beacon in the night. I wouldn't go down there, Wisdom warned. There's nothing worth seeing, and frankly, some people never come back. You look like a family man, and it's not the kind of street for a man like you. Do you have a family? Yes, I have a family, the man started to feel irritated. Look, I'm not here for trouble, I'm just window shopping. I have a business, and it's stressful, and I just need a little... Space to breathe. I may have a drink, but that's it. I'm, I'm just here to kill a couple of hours before getting a hotel as I have some business in town tomorrow. Trust me, she said. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. If you're looking for a hotel, I know just the place for you. It's a bed and breakfast just down Prudent Street. I operate it. In fact, my full-time occupation is instruction. And I'm offering a class tonight. And I'd love for you to come by and have dinner and sit in on the class. The school I operate is called Wisdom Workshops. You must come. 
I'm sorry, I must be on my way. The man looked torn by her offer, but equally determined to explore what Desire Street had to offer. Everyone who visited this town knew about Desire Street. Chicago has Rush Street. New Orleans has Bourbon Street. Las Vegas has the Strip. Knoxville has the Old City. But in this town, it's Desire Street. Please don't go down there, she said with pleading eyes. Against her advice, he walked away. Uncomfortably, down he walked. Quickly at first, as he passed empty fields and abandoned houses, but he slowed his pace as the flickering artificial lights grew closer, and then he saw her wild thing. She made his heart sing. She was silhouetted against a street lamp. The glow of the lamp revealed more leg than the woman he, than any woman he had seen on Prudent Street. Curls of smoke rose from the cigarette she smoked from an extension holder. Her hair was dyed, dyed a seductive mixture of dirty blonde and black. It matched her cougar print miniskirt that lifted even higher by her leg being propped against the street lamp. She wore fishnet hose, and oh, the mighty fish she had caught in those hose. Her body faced the street, but her head turned in the direction of the man as he approached. Her lips were painted ruby red, and her eyes were dark darkened with eyeshadow, while her makeup was so heavy that it was hard to imagine what she actually looked like underneath it all. But for the moment, what she really looked like and who she really was didn't matter. The man was riveted. This was not the way his wife dressed. What you looking for? She asked with a low raspy voice. She glanced behind her toward a house with a red light positioned not so subtly by a second story window leaving no doubt that it was her bedroom. Oh, nothing actually. I'm just out for a walk. Oh, come on, she said. I won't bite, at least not at first. She laughed. He followed her nervously as she playfully grabbed his diagonal striped tie and pulled him behind her. Well, this was not intentional, by the way. Um, and pulled her, pulled him behind her like a lamb being led to the slaughter. He was reeled in before he knew there was a bait and a hook. His heart raced with a mixture of guilt and excitement for a moment, he remembered his family back home finishing up dinner, doing their nightly chores before being tucked into bed. And he quickly pushed this aside, however, to drink in the delights that were now before his eyes. She led him up the concrete steps and through the red door of her house. She directed him into the parlor where there was a bar. Have anything you like, she said. What will it cost, he asked. Don't worry about it. If you have to ask the price, you can't afford to be here. Take anything you like. We'll settle up later. 
He couldn't remember how much he drank and frankly what he drank. His eyes were fastened on her. Eventually she grabbed his tie again and began leading him out of the parlor and up the stairs to her bedroom door. As she pushed open the door, the hinges creaked one final warning which he did not hear. Her bed was freshly made with rose petals strewn across the spread. He crossed the threshold into her room when suddenly the door slammed and that was the last thing that he remembered before losing consciousness. When he awoke, his head felt as it had been hit with a sledgehammer. He tasted gravel in his mouth and his eyes opened to see the curb that he had been sleeping next to. Slowly he rose to his feet. His hair was disheveled. His suit coat was gone and his white shirt was dirty from a night on the street. He reached for his wallet only to realize it was gone. In that moment he knew he had been taken. A wave of emotion flooded over him as tears burst burned his barely awake eyes. He considered walking up to the door of her house and asking her for his things back, but he knew there would be no answer, and even if there was, it would only be lies that came out of her mouth. He limped up the street toward Prudence. He didn't know how he had hurt his leg, but searing pain shot through him with every step. Maybe he had been pushed out the door and fallen down the steps. As he crested the hill, he saw her again. Wisdom was standing at the crossroads. That is where she takes her stand. Are you all right? She called. She knew he wasn't. How many men had she taken in? How many had she nursed back to health? How many had recovered only to return to Desire Street again? How many had never come back? In spite of this, she called him, Come to my house. Breakfast is ready. Classes begin shortly. Come and learn. Come and live. Anyone who has amounted to anything in life, I have taught, she said. You can either beat yourself up about your mistakes or you can start learning today. He nodded his head. I'm ready. Are you ready? Wisdom is calling to all of us this day. She stands at the crossroads. Will you heed her call? There is an old proverb that says, when the student is ready, the teacher will come. Are you ready? The, the last thing that I want to share with you is this thought, and that is that Jesus meets us at the crossroads. Now, as I was, as I was preparing this message, I had a, I had a kind of a ha, an aha moment as I thought about the cross in a new way. And that is that the cross is a crossroads. That there are two arms of the cross, right? The horizontal and the vertical. And at the center is a crossroads. And, and as I thought about the cross being a crossroads, I thought about how both foolishness and wisdom meet at the cross. Because of our foolishness, 
Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And the Apostle Paul was so overwhelmed about thinking about this. It's not, this is not my idea about the cross being a crossroads. Paul said it this way, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews. And it's foolishness to Gentiles, it's foolishness. But to those who God has called, to those who are listening today, to those who are ready, both Jew and Gentile, the cross is Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. That on the cross, the wisdom of God and our foolishness meets. And so I was on the trail with Melanie, out of water, sweating the sun going down when thanks be to God one one bar of reception showed up on my phone and I called a number I had never dialed before I didn't call my mama I didn't call my daddy I called 911 the lady on the phone I think her name was Wisdom said, where are you? I said, I don't know. I said, I can't talk long. I got one piece of battery left. I'm here with my wife. We're on our anniversary. We're hot and we're tired. We don't know where we're going, but we're making excellent progress going nowhere. And the lady said something that I thought was only on CSI. She said, I know where you are. She said, we have cell phone towers that are tracking you right now. And you are on the Appalachian Trail and you are heading toward Maine. It's going to be a long time before you stop. <laughs> you ain't not getting down that mountain. <laughs> I love what she said to me, Tom. She said, just stop. Just stop. Don't, don't go forward. Don't go back. Don't try to find your way out of here. She said, we're coming to get you. We know where you're at. We just sat down on a dirt trail. it wasn't long we heard some guys coming toward us and we called out to them and we were so glad to see them a little embarrassed they said don't worry about it it happens all the time people get lost here all the time this is my full time job looking for you <laughs> we, we, weren't, we weren't far we weren't far from the right place. We were just going the wrong way fast. And the farther we would have gone, the farther we would have been from home. And they took us back and 
took us back to our car. But on the way, they told us about stories about people who were not as fortunate, who didn't make it. People die on this trail all the time, they said, you know. Just not prepared, they're lost. They, it happens. And when she's talking to me, I thought about what God did for us. He didn't beat us up. See, in my story that I read to you, wisdom didn't say, Now what were you doing down there on that street? You know, some people go to church every week to get scolded. Now how come you've been living that way? And they come for their weekly spanking. And it just sort of makes them feel good that the preacher chewed them out on Sunday morning and told them how wrong they are and how bad they've been living. But here's what I believe about God. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him would not perish but have everlasting life. But it didn't end there. It said but God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world. Because the Bible says that he that doesn't believe is already condemned. In other words, you don't need to remind you of how bad you feel about how bad your life has been. You already know that. Might be why you're here this morning. <laughs> but what you do need to know is just, you can just stop right there. Just stop right there. You don't have to, I'm not going to give you directions about how to find your way back. Because how many know that God came to find us when we couldn't find him? He didn't make us go follow a hundred directions. He just said, stay where you are. And the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He stood at the crossroads of, of our lives. The crossroads of folly and wisdom. Melanie told a great story in a message she preached some time back about how when we get off track, there's a thing on our GPS that says rerouting, 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 that no matter how far you go, the GPS is always rerouting you back. God always wants to reroute us and get us back to where we need to be. I don't quite know how to end the service because I feel His presence in this place. I just wanted to have a conversation at the crossroads of wisdom and folly. Because I know both of those roads. And I can say to you, there's a way that seems right, but it's not right. It looks good, but it leaves you disappointed. The way of God sometimes doesn't look the best in the beginning, but it's like the shining light, and it shines more and more till the full light of day. And God invites you, God invites you this morning to come into a relationship with Him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just invite you all to pray along as I word these prayer, this prayer for us. 
Dear Jesus, we, we stand this morning at the crossroads. We're looking down both paths, Lord, and we see the lights in the distance and we hear the voices calling us, Lord, to do things that are not going to be for our good. But we also hear this morning a voice that we don't always hear during the week, and that is the voice of wisdom. We hear the voice of God saying, Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me.